As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am Sam Stasekel, joined as always by my colleague from The Athletic, Paul Tenorio. Paul Tenorio, it is playoff time, my man, and these are playoffs unlike any other in MLS history. Uh, Not only is it a larger field, you have 10 teams from the East and 8 teams from the West, but it is a field that is dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with a litany of chartered flights for national team players and will they or will they not play in the first round and all sorts of different stuff that's not even really necessarily germane to the actual matchups themselves but that will certainly have an effect on them we're going to break it all down tonight we're going to make some predictions we're going to make some picks they're probably going to be wrong we're going to do it anyway um but first how are you doing are you excited for the playoffs what's going on you know, I think we we all can say that we went through this hellscape that is 2020 mm. for one reason only, and that was for the payoff of the MLS Cup playoffs in November. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's my reason for living. It's like I wake up every day and I'm like, I need Montreal and New England on a Friday night at an empty, literally empty Gillette Stadium. I need this. This is why this is why I get up in the morning. It, you I, know, it's I my believe... reason. It's my why, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your RG three why? For of course, <laughs> you know that's that's. Um, I think that's the first thing we said to each other this morning as we started working on another COVID related story. We said one sleep till revs impact. New England, Hoboken, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. This this show's kicking off. On anyway, a gr- in a great I actually way. am looking forward to the playoffs. The playoffs are fun. They were really fun last year. Um, and the same single elim- elimination format is back. So I think they will continue to be fun. Although no no crowds or no big crowds anyway. Um, certainly takes a little bit of the sting out of it. But I think MLS has done a good job getting to this point of the season. There's been a ton of work by the players and the staff and the league and everyone involved. Um, so credit to the league for getting it to this point. Um, I made the Hoboken joke 
about the impact they've been based there uh, for a couple of months now. Um, Toronto was based in Hartford, Hartford FC. Um, so, you know, those Canadian teams are dealing with even more than, than the rest of the league is, um, and they deserve a special mention for that. We'll get to those specific teams later. Actually, we'll get to the impact right now. Because Rev's impact is kicking this thing well, off. We we'll are tell recording on what we're doing first. We're recording on Thursday night. I already did that. Do you listen? No, I don't really listen to you most of the oh time. Oh my god! Come on, man. Look at look at this. This is supposed to be a professional podcast. Anyway, to reiterate, we're we're gonna go through the games on both sides of the bracket, break it down, make some picks. They're gonna be wrong. Is this refreshing your your memory? Okay. I'm back. All right. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, the first game is is New England uh, against Montreal. Uh, later in the later Friday evening is is going to be Nashville against Miami. Um, those are the two play in matches. Um, seven seven and ten in the case of Nashville and Miami, and eight and nine with Revs and Impact. Paul, thoughts on these two games? I think I think the the headline is is pretty clear for for the Friday night. So. Yeah, I mean, I think already going into Friday night, the New England-Montreal game was the less sexy matchup, right? Like, there's nothing really that intriguing about either of these teams beyond Thierry Henry. And, like, unless they're going to mic Thierry Bruce, Henry up. Bruce Arena is mad at you right now, by Well, the way. you know what? Bruce Arena is another coach say, that would be wonderful to mic up. How dare you say that Bruce Arena, there's nothing sexy about a matchup involving Bruce Arena? How dare you? You know this. You know the best thing that could possibly happen in the MLS Cup playoffs <coughs> is if they mic'd up both Bruce Arena and Thierry Henry for this game. I mean, they did that in a I game know. that those that they I, played against each other again, in the regular season again. Do it again. It Run was it back. gold. It was all yeah. Gold. They should do that again. But yes, the news that came out tonight, Thursday night, um, of course, is about a COVID outbreak occurring with Inter Miami. Multiple players tested positive for COVID. Multiple. Multiple players did not travel to Nashville for the game, including several starters. And I think it's worth noting, obviously, that we know that MLS altered its rules so that if there is an outbreak where a game cannot be played, then a forfeit would be on the table for Miami. However, Miami did travel to Nashville tonight, um, and the game is expected to be played, but it won't be... Certainly won't be the matchup that we're all expecting. Plenty of drama for Miami to have to deal with. And, um, you know, I think it's changed the conversation around Friday night in general because everyone's going to be waiting to see which players tested positive, And we won't know that until an hour before kickoff. And then I think that, that you know, that's going to be the buzz all night long. Yeah, definitely. Well, at least after the Revs impact a game that you so so rudely disparaged earlier. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the big story. Miami are not a deep team in particular. Um, they were a trendy upset pick for this match against Nashville. Nashville, as GM Mike Jacobs will tell you and tell you and tell you, are consistently overlooked and disrespected. Um, they had a solid year. I mean, it wasn't overwhelming. They finished in seventh in the Eastern Conference, I think 15th place overall. So like, you know, credit to them for doing what they did on a small budget i'm not trying to take a, take anything away from that but i don't think we need to act like they won mls cup and are the greatest team of all time uh they finished in 15th place literally not even the top half of mls so maybe maybe we pull back a little bit um but a lot of people have been picking against them um and miami i get it right Iguain, pizarro 
Matuidi, Leandro Gonzalez Perez. They have the flashier names. They have more talent on paper, but they haven't been good all year. Like all year. I don't expect them to suddenly turn it on in a playoff match. I think, you know, to quote Dennis Green, like they are who we thought they were, right? Like I'm not expecting a, a new Inter Miami and and especially now it, down at least 3 it sounds like starters. So we'll see. Um I think Nashville has a great chance playing at home. They have a firm identity. They're difficult to break down, they're difficult to score against. Um and, you know, I think I think especially with the COVID tests, I think they'll probably win this game. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that Miami, um, Miami and Nashville have two completely different models as expansion teams. And, I, you know, I think that Nashville, when you look at what they did um, going into the season, they had put together a lot of their roster domestically pre-COVID, before COVID hit. They had a a really clear idea, like you said, of how they wanted to play and the types of players that they needed to fit that style. And, you know, Miami, on the other hand, was kind of incomplete and was late in a lot of the moves that they were making, right? I mean, you, I, I know this is something that we talked about, I think, on this show that you kind of, you know, really hit on a lot was, you know, they, they hired their coach late and, you know, they were signing players late. And when the COVID um, stoppage hit, they still had a DP spot open. And by the time MLS is back rolled around, they still had a DP spot open and LGP was signed, but wasn't allowed to play. And it felt like this team never had a chance to, um, I don't know, be a team for like an extended period of time until post MLS is back. And then, like you yeah. said, they never really overwhelmed anyone, right? The, the chemistry never happened um, on no. the fly, and they they just weren't what people expected Inter Miami to be. That being said, you know I'll admit, and you know if 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 Nashville and Mike Jacobs want more fuel, I'll admit that I went into this matchup saying to myself, like, yeah, I think Miami could win this game. Yeah, like I, I think, did too. I think the Miami COVID, could win. The COVID tests here kind of swung me. No sure. doubt. No doubt. And I mean, like, and, but like to Mike, Mike J- Jacobs point, like, I think Nashville lost like one of, uh, I, I don't know. Every time I open up this form guide on MLS soccer, it, it's all <laughs> staggered and I get it wrong. So I don't want to say anything too crazy, but like, it's not they, like they, Miami's, were good, they were good down the stretch. Yeah. Were, it's yeah. not like Miami's form was overwhelming and Nashville was good down the stretch. And I'm still sitting here being like, oh, I think Miami's going to win this game. And the reason why was probably because I look at it and I say, this is a, a more talented roster. They should because win you're a game. hater. You're a hater. I am a hater. I don't recognize the greatness, but like I, you know, I just think that um, it's the narrative has changed. I think it's it's definitely now a game that Nashville um, should feel comfortable as the favorite, and you know, I I think you know this is kind of a typical thing to happen to Inter Miami this year. It's just nothing has gone yeah. according to plan. Yeah, it pretty much sums up their and, year pretty well. And, and after I disparage New England Montreal, I, I want to make sure we go back and put you know predictions on the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to talk about that game a little bit, and, and I think this is a good opportunity to sort of expand on what these Canadian teams went through. I wrote a story on that that ran on Thursday, and basically Montreal they were in Hoboken at the W Hotel, very nice hotel, uh, Great from views. September twenty third um, through November eighth 
with two trips back to Montreal in that span, I think for two or three days each. When they go back to Montreal, they're not allowed to leave their their home um, because they're under quarantine. Um, so these players and coaches and staff members have largely been away from their families, from their homes, from all the comforts associated with that for not just the MLS's back tournament, not just preseason, but for the, the back end of the regular season too. So they've really had a real mental grind and the fact that they got here at all, um, you know, sporting stuff aside is a pretty, pretty remarkable human achievement in my opinion. Um, just to kind of have that endurance. Uh, that being said, um, they're not particularly good. Uh, they won. They won their last game <laughs> against DC United. They came back, scored two late goals to get that win and to get into the playoffs. Prior to that, they had lost three in a row. Um, and you know they enter the playoffs having lost five of their last seven. Um, so it's not like they're on fire here. Uh, they are also going to be without uh, their biggest name player, Victor Wanyama. Um, he was on international duty with Kenya. There was some sort of snafu with his charter travel back, um, and he is not going to be available, according to Thierry Henry. So, I don't know. They've played the Revs four times this year already. Um, the Revs have not been particularly great themselves. They are getting healthier. Carles Hill, Hill is back. Gustavo Bo is back. Um so they're going to be kind of playing. Bo is a, will be in his more natural position. Carles Heel, for those of you who have not seen him, is awesome. He's he's a really joy, he's a he's a fun player to watch. Um, so they're they're kind of getting back at the right time here. Um, I think the Revs take care of business at home personally in, in advance. You know, I think it is interesting though that you know this is kind of the theme of 2020 that all of these matchups that we're going to talk about to some degree or most of them are going to have COVID-related storylines. And Wanyama is one for Montreal, right? Not just because the player is not going to be there. But, I mean, I don't speak French, so I don't know exactly what Henri said, but I can tell you that my Twitter mentions have blown up today with people discussing in French Thierry Henry's you know, discussion about Wanyama and how he didn't make it back for the game and what may have gone wrong. Um, the point is, is that this is such a present topic within the locker rooms and within the, yeah. the clubs and outside of it as well. And it's, it's just a, it, as you'll see, as we get into this breakdown of the, of the, the greater bracket, it's just a huge, huge, huge influence on this postseason in the same way it has been this entire calendar year. And I think that this is just the beginning because cases are spiking around the country. This isn't happening in a yeah. playoff bubble. Yeah. And, um, you know, the fact that we're, two games into this preview both games already with you know a bigger storyline in miami certainly but you know covid related uh stories in both it's just indicative of the way this covid complications yeah yeah exactly it's uh yeah i mean 2020 stays 2020 i guess hey folks this is taylor from the total soccer show reminding you that we are inching ever closer to the start of the summer transfer window which means there are teams that will buy and sell their players early there are teams that will leave that business very late and there are teams that will operate in between but no matter what it's going to be a chaotic situation there's going to be offers coming through willy-nilly there's going to be transactions to be tracked and processed and make sure that enough money is there there's going to be probably angry clubs calling to complain there are many things to deal with and unfortunately for those clubs there is no sort of business tool that makes things easier makes transactions simpler gets the business done efficiently and effectively but 
For the small businesses around the globe, there is such a service, Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek kits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And I really appreciate that about Shopify. No matter how big you are, no matter how fast you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. That's as many countries as will be selling players in the transfer window this summer. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash TSS, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash TSS now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash TSS. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Anyway, moving on past the playing games, we're going to stay in the East for now and, and break down that bracket. So those of you who don't care about the Eastern Conference, which, like, I don't know why you're listening to the show. How dare you? You know, um, but you can zoom ahead to the West if you if you feel so inclined. Um, Paul, I think this game that I'm talking about now is maybe the, it's the low-key underrated game of the round, Orlando versus NYCFC. Two pretty strong teams. NYCFC got off to a slow start this year under new head coach Ronnie Dyla, um, but they are the hottest team in MLS. They have been the best team in MLS over the last 10 games, better than Philadelphia, um, better than anybody. And they have figured out without Eber, without Alexandria Matritza, <laughs> um, they have, and without Ishmael Tajuri Shradi for, for much of this run, they've figured out how to f- put the ball in the back of the net. They scored 10 goals in their first 13 games, they scored 27 in their last 10. Um, it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Uh, they're seven, two and one in their last 10 matches, uh, four in a row on the jump, but Orlando are no slouches. They've won. They won three games in a row before their season finale when they lost to Nashville on a late, late goal, um, three to two. Um, and they've been really solid all year under Oscar Pereja. Maybe not as talked about as some of the other teams, certainly not as talked about as some of the other teams. Um, but a really strong group. And I i don't know. I have a hard time picking this one personally. Like, I don't really have any feel for which way it's going to go. Paul, what do you got to say? It's your hometown It's your hometown team. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, if not for a, an upset in the last week of the season by the completely underrated and disrespected Nashville team, it would have been a matchup of two teams that had finished the season with four consecutive wins because Orlando had won three in a row going into that it's Nashville true. game. Yeah. 
Um, I think this is a game also, by the way, that is hugely impacted by the fact that MLS made the, the financial commitment to send charters to bring players back. Because getting Gaese back in goal for Orlando City is enormous. He's a he's a leader for the team. He, I think, adds a ton of emotion on the field um, with the way he makes saves and the way he commands that that box and, and his goal. So to put him in the lineup, even without Mendez, um, who's one of three South American players who weren't allowed to get on charters because of break uh, outbreaks within their national teams, um, um, we'll get... I guess we can cover that now, but... Um, well, we'll get to it later. We'll, we'll get, get to it later. Um, I still think that that is a huge boost to Orlando. But I would agree with you that this is a game that is a toss-up in a really good way. Like, you can make easy justifications for either of these teams winning it. Both of them are underrated, really good teams in MLS in the sense that, like, we know they're good, but no one really talks about them. Um I, you know, I'm a big fan of Jim Curtin. Sam, I know you just wrote about him. I really like him. I still voted for Oscar Pereja for Coach of the Year because I think what really? he's done in Orlando is unbelievable. I think it's amazing how quickly he turned that club around considering the dysfunction that existed in yeah. Orlando City. It, the coaching job that he put together to to get Orlando where they are is incredible. And... um yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick Orlando to win because I just think this has been a totally improbable year. It started, of course, who could forget with my prediction of them winning MLS is back, which almost came true. <laughs> I was the first. That was to like a them. half prediction. You were like, they're going to win. Wouldn't it be crazy? And then it was like, but also this team's going to win. I feel like that's how that went down. So it was like know. even worse than that, Sam. I was totally making fun of MLS is back by saying that Orlando City would win. Yeah. Because they weren't good, and then they were good, and then they almost won, and then I claimed it as an accurate prediction, which I will do again right now wow. and say that I was I was in front of this season for Orlando City. It, just listen to the record of of that uh, that episode. Anyway, a lazy narrative. The point is, I'm picking Orlando City now for real. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, not a joke pick <laughs> on the record. Serious pick, super serial. Paul taking Orlando City. Uh, I have no problem with that. I'm going to go opposite, though, and take New York City FC. I think they're just they're in a, in a little bit of a better way right now, and uh, I think they figure it out some way, shape, or form. Um, although, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Orlando win, and, you know, maybe they're listening to this and they're mad at me now. Um, moving on. Columbus, Red Bulls. That's the other game that we know of, the other matchup that we know of in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think an intriguing one. For a variety of reasons. Um, again, we're, when you're talking about those charter flights, um, it's good for the Rebels. Kaku, Christian Caceres will be coming back. Luis Diaz for Columbus, probably a less important guy than either of the two um, that I mentioned for New York. Um, but this is Gerhard Struber's first game as head coach. Can we talk about this that? This is weird. Can we this talk about so that? This is so weird to me. Yes. So I was on the the availability today and basically it was like, well, you know, it's uh, it's my team and uh, this is my job. So, like, I'm here now. I might as well do it. And okay, I guess. But, like, literally the guy just met the players. He's having to socially distance during training. Um, he can't really, like, be around them because he hasn't been in their bubble all year. And you're going to come in during an elimination game when Bradley Carnell, the interim head coach, has done a nice job there and has created a nice little spirit within that group. And you're going to take the gig away from him? 
like now before a playoff game on the road like i i don't know i wouldn't do that but i'm not a, i'm not a coach and all coaches no offense coaches all of you are a little bit psycho um so I, I don't know i don't get this i don't get it i don't think it's a smart move um it could pay off they could win um but i don't love it and if i was a player on the red bulls i'd feel kind of weird about it yeah I mean, for me, this decision, to, you know, was also the thing that made the decision for me on who's going to win this game. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it because, like, I guess once a game starts, there's not a lot that happens with a coach, right? Like, maybe a couple substitution decisions. I guess you have five, potentially um, six substitutions. Am I breaking a little bit of news on here? Maybe I am. Oh, um, is, that, is that for real? You get the extra and extra time? Yes, you do. Okay. Breaking news on allocation. Disorder. Breaking news! According to a source, you get a sixth substitution if the game goes to extra time. Um, wow. Meant to, meant to confirm that today. Well, here we go. Anyways. Um, Rolling with it. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's totally bizarre to introduce a new coach in a game of these stakes. Let's also remember for a moment that Columbus is a pretty good team. They're a pretty good team. Um, I know that haven't been great. Haven't, haven't been great haven't for been a while. Great. And they weren't. Now. I mean, they got they started to get a little bit better toward the back end of the year. They beat Philadelphia. They be, I mean, Atlanta doesn't matter, but they beat Philadelphia. They they only they, it was a two one game against Orlando City. You know, I, there was a stretch from I don't know, you know, all of October where they were bad, right? Like legitimately, they, and they were they were banged up. They, to they, be fair, they were banged up. And so I I mean. I still think they're a good team. They've got a coach with playoff experience. Um, an MLS Cup winner. An MLS Cup winning coach. They they are getting healthier, right? They've had some time to heal up. Yeah. Just to on that note, Eloy Room, their goalkeeper, Nagby, and Zellerayan all started the finale against Atlanta, which is a good sign for them. So And have had and have had two weeks now, or whatever the international break, yeah. two weeks to heal up. So I, I like Columbus in this game, and I think there's a couple people from the Athletic that might have picked Columbus as a team to make a little bit of noise in the playoffs because everyone's coming back. I mean, let's remember how different this team was when Nagby and Delarion were clicking early in the year. Uh, maybe yeah. that maybe the that darlings, again. the darlings of MLS is back. I think fair to say, even though I think they lost in the round of 16 um, or the quarters, uh, they didn't go past the quarters. I know that for a fact. Um, I'm also picking Columbus in this game. Um, the Red Bulls. You know, they're plucky. Um, I really enjoy the Red Bulls. I feel like I've been branded as this Red Bull hater. Like, no, I like them. I think I think they're kind of hilarious. You they like them the a- same way I liked Orlando City to win MLS's back. That's no, why. no, no, no. Like, I enjoy them. Like, like they make me happy. <laughs> That's what I mean by I like them. Like, they all have long hair right now, which is hilarious to me. They're Like, Aaron Long has a mullet. All these dudes are walking around with, like, trying to brush the hair out of their faces while they're playing games and they're scoring goals and running into the post and like just doing like very Red Bull things. Um, And I appreciate that. Uh, They have a great spirit right now. They're fighting really hard. And if you make a mistake in your own third, when you're trying to play out of the back, they're pressing the hell out of you and you could be in a little bit of trouble. Um, You know, the crew are going to try and play that way through nagby right and he's one of the best at it in mls maybe the best at it in yeah MLS. don't don't press nagby when he's got the ball press anyone but else one one slip up 
that's all it takes. Um, that said, I'm, I'm taking Columbus. The coaching thing, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But, you know, these people know more about this stuff than we do. So we'll have to defer to them. Um, how are we going to do this with the let's, one and the let's, two seed? Let's move, let's move to the Western Conference because we don't know who Philly's going to play. We don't know who Toronto's going to play. I mean, I guess we can say, do you expect Philly or Toronto to be upset? Um, no. Okay. Well, there you go. We've done we've done our analysis <laughs> do of those games. No, I do not. I expect All both right. Philly and Toronto to advance. Let's run through the rest of the bracket just quick. We don't need to break every game down because who the hell knows what it's going to be. You you have Philly and Orlando. I have Philly NYCFC. Who do you have winning that one? Yeah, I'm going to take Philly in that game. Again, I'm a big fan of what Oscar Perea has done. I even just said I would have voted for him. I did vote for him as Coach of the Year. This is a matchup between the top two candidates for Coach of the Year. But yeah. I do think that um, as much progress as Orlando has made in one year, you know, Philadelphia has had a few more years of that progress. This team plays yeah. a very distinct style. They have they um, they have a the lot of fit. pieces that, that fit well. Guys who are overperforming, guys who are just... Um, have been standouts at their positions. I, I think Philly wins this game. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're, you know, that that's, that's, I, that's all I got to say about it. I think they're just a year, maybe two years ahead of Oscar Perea's building process. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I have Philly NYCFC. I actually had, I had some trouble with this one because I think NYCFC are, I mean, I don't think they are playing great. Um, I think that will be, if that match happens, I think it'll be an awesome match, Philly NYCFC, but I picked Philly to win as well. Um, we both picked Columbus, right? So Columbus against Toronto, that game would be at, you know, the house that, uh, that Randy Edsel built, Rentschler Field, UConn football's home in East Hartford, Connecticut, um, now Toronto South. But uh, who who do you like in in TFC against the crew? I, I like TFC. You know, again in these bigger stakes games, I I just think that experience matters. Columbus mm-hmm. has a lot has some experience on the field of these big games. Like let's not let's not forget that they've got a coach who's but won not, an MLS not Cup. As a unit. They've got not Darlington Nagby who's won multiple MLS Cups. They've got Jossie Zardes who's you know certainly been in these games before in LA. I think um, he's won an MLS Cup. Did he sure. win? Did he win one? So I believe in 2014. Yeah. So I mean, you've got you've got experience. I'm not trying to knock that experience, but this group in Toronto, they've done it before, um, and I, I, I'm just I'm I'm going with Toronto. I think that that it's going to be a, a good game, uh, and I think, but I, again, I'm leaning on the experience there. Same. Uh, Tim Bezbachenko, the president of Columbus, who used to be the GM of Toronto. I spoke to him right after Columbus lost to Toronto in Hartford a while back, and he was basically like, yeah, like we've been good this year, and I've been pleased with the progress, but we haven't shown that we can level up yet, that we can do it with the absolute, like the proven teams, the best teams. Um, and yeah, I think that will show again. I think it's similar to what you said about Orlando. Maybe they're a year away, um, like Columbus, but yeah, I think the road ends there. And you know, it matters for like a guy like Zeller Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, that's the yeah. guy you're counting on to level up in that game, and mm-hmm. and and that's the thing that we have to remember when we're talking about a matchup like Columbus Toronto is that you've got players like Pozuelo and like Zelarayan who who are paid for those moments, right? 
And so that to me is the difference, you know, because we know Nagby's going to level up, right? He's done it his, you know, he's done it multiple times. He did it in Atlanta, he did it in Portland. He's gonna he's gonna play at a certain level, you know. Is is a newcomer like Zellerion able to do that? Um, because he's going to matter. He's going to matter more than some of the, as much as you hate to say it, as some of the kind of other guys, quote unquote. You know, they need the big players to do the big things in those games. All right, so we have Chalk, you and I, Philly, Toronto, Eastern Conference Final. For me, this one was simpler than a lot of picks. I just, Philly smacked Toronto to back to, they smacked them all the way back to Canada, where they weren't even allowed to go. They beat them 5 nothing about a month ago. It was, I think I tweeted it after that game. I think I was like, I haven't watched every Union game in club history or anything like that. But was that the best game in Union history? And, I, and, and all the Union fans in my mentions were like, yeah. That was incredible. Toronto was hurt in that game. Not a full-strength lineup. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think Philly would win that one. Um, and I feel that pretty strongly. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they played their best game ever in that game and smacked Toronto. And for that exact reason, I'm taking Toronto to win the game. It's they're, they're not going to replicate it. And, like, what better fuel is there for a matchup than getting your getting beat down you know what? What was what? I I, I should have looked this up before we started this show. It could I have been more than time. five nothing. But Sam, like, what was didn't didn't um, LAFC beat up on Seattle last year before the playoffs? Oh, probably. I don't know. And then Seattle <sighs> smacked them down in the playoffs. I I might be making smacked that up. is strong in the playoffs, but they they beat them. They yeah. beat them on the road in their their home their home confines. Yeah, it's not like they blew them out. Oh, how dare you! I mean, knew who smacked that beer can that someone threw at him. That's for sure. That's all that matters. It is all that matters. <laughs> Speaking of new who, we're about to move to the Western Conference right after we take this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And thank you as well to Paul Tenorio for doing a lovely job with today's ad read. Paul? I did a little research. Do you have anything to say for yourself? I did a little research during that commercial break. LAFC beat... Seattle 4-1 last year. Now, it was in April, and the playoff game wasn't until the fall. But you know what? (laughs) Seattle remembered for all of those months. They sat there, and they remembered, and they let that that 4-1 beatdown fuel them to a victory in the playoffs. And so marinade for months. Are you starting with Seattle LAFC? Let's just start there. Keep rolling. I just want you to say real quick. There was a Bradley in that game, and there's a Bradley in this other game, and it's reversed this time of who is going to get the revenge. Uh, Okay. So you're going to say Bob is going to feel better than Bryant after this match. That's what you're going with? No, no, no. Sorry. Now we're in the Seattle AFC game. Oh, okay. You were still... I was still uh, in Toronto. the Western Conference, man. I know. What I'm are you sorry, doing to but me? I, I was trying to do research. All right. All right. Sorry. It, it would, you, usually, you do your research before you start talking. Well, but you, you gave hey. me a commercial break to look something up, and so I got after it. <laughs> All right. This, we're off to a roaring start. Um, moving on to the Western Conference, um, the more tranquilo con- conference, as as Mike Jacobs called it. I think that's what I'm going to start calling it, the tranquilo conference. Um 
Sporting Kansas City, San Jose, Minnesota, Colorado, Portland, FC Dallas, and Seattle and LAFC. Let's just start with that one. It's the headliner for many different reasons. A rematch of the Western Conference Final last year when Seattle went down to Bank of California Stadium and upset um, perhaps the best, not perhaps the best team in league history um, in terms of talent and form um, and went on to win MLS Cup. This year, a lot different. Seattle's the two seed. LAFC is the seven seed after an up and down year for them. And you talk about COVID complications. I don't know if there's a match, including the Miami-Nashville game, uh, that is more COVID complicated than this one. So LAFC are going to be without four players, um, at least three of whom would be starting. Uh, Diego Rossi, the golden boot winner. Um, Brian Rodriguez, the designated player um, from Uruguay. Uh, Jose Cifuentes, uh, midfielder from Ecuador, and Diego Palacios, midfielder from Ecuador. All four went on international duty. None of them played a minute. All four of them got COVID. Less than ideal for LAFC. Um, Seattle, uh, they too will be missing a man because of, of COVID complications. Javier Arriaga, uh, he has not contracted the virus, um, but he was deemed a close contact with his Ecuador national team teammates who caught it. Um, Maybe maybe Cifuentes and Palacios. Um, and he will not be eligible to play. He's going to have to go through quarantine up in Seattle. So they'll be down him, but it looks like they'll be with Gustav Svensson, who is with Sweden, and Raul Ruiz Diaz, who is with Peru. Um, it looks like those two will be eligible to play. So Seattle definitely in a stronger position health-wise um, for this. Um, does Bob get his revenge on, on Brian? Um, what do you think, Paul? No, it's too much to overcome for LAFC. I mean, talk about brutal. You release four players on international duty in the middle of a pandemic and all four of them test positive. And I think there was this this is an example of of a justification for why so many clubs were upset with FIFA at moving forward with these windows and the risk that it posed to players. Um, Now, that being said, you know, I think it's worth pointing out that Bob Bradley said today in his press conference that the team has been preparing all week as if they would have none of those four players. Um, So that probably helps a little bit. I did like that Bob Bradley mentioned Christian Torres as a possible option to start a game, a homegrown player. You know, you know who picked him as the potential breakout player of the playoffs? Who was it? This guy, (laughs) 16 year olds, homegrown. Um, I think he's played eight games, started two, including on decision day. And looks like he's probably going to start again opposite Carlos Vela on a wing. Um, quite the spot for the young kid. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. He also has a goal. He He scored a goal in his first year. So yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love that. I love Bob's willingness to throw a 16 year old kid out there in a playoff game and say, Hey, we trust you. We believe in you. Um, you know, go go help us get a result. But I do I do think it's a lot to overcome playing against a team as talented as Seattle to be missing the number of starters that they're going to be missing. Um, it's just a lot to overcome. It, it's a very difficult first round matchup for LAFC. And and um, you know, if it were n- no shade on any of these other Western Conference teams, but honestly, if it were any other Western Conference team, pretty much, I I probably wouldn't be saying like it's too much to overcome. But I. I like Seattle a lot. I think they're good. I think that they are maybe the best team in MLS. Um, you know, so I just I, I I'm going to take Schmetz and Seattle to win this one. 
Seattle has gotten incredible contributions from Jordan Morris and Nico Lodero this year. Raul Ruiz Diaz scored 12 goals, short of the 14 that Rossi had, but he only did it, I think, 17 games. Um, so he's been firing. Uh, Jao Paulo, I think an underrated signing. He's been he's been really solid for them in the midfield. Um, they're just a veteran group. They've been here. They've done it time and time again. They're in MLS Cup basically every single season. I I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as you. Um, LAFC still have that guy, Carlos Vela, who didn't play for a majority of this year. But it looks like Mark Anthony Kay is going to be healthy as well. Maybe Bradley Wright Phillips is back and starting. So it's not like they don't have guys, you know. But where they where they do struggle and where they have struggled all year is in the back. And no Palacios doesn't help with that. Um, and Seattle can exploit that to hell. And LAFC is going to try and play on the front foot like they always do. And they're going to leave spaces in behind. And Jordan Morris is not the guy you want going up against you when you leave space in behind. And if Nico Ladera can pick him out on the break and he can get out on the run and find Raul Ruiz Diaz, that could be a recipe for disaster for LAFC. Um, so I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to take the Sounders here. You're right, though, in the sense that um, I'm not trying to say it's cut and dry. I'm just saying like it's a lot to overcome if you're LAFC. Yeah, it is. But but it it, is. The, those two names you brought up are important code, names, though. right? The, again, we go back to this idea that these are the moments, right? These are the moments where the big money guys, the big stars, and one of these guys is not big money. Bradley Wright Phillips is not big money, but he's been there, done that. He's he he knows how to score goals. You know, he not he, so much in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he. That's true. He had a long drought, didn't he, in the playoffs? I can't remember. It's um, late. But, you know, I it's think... It's twenty twenty, and it's late. <laughs> I think, um, I, I again, I just think it's a lot to overcome if you're LAFC. Uh, I agree. Um, moving on. Portland Timbers, FC Dallas. Is anyone picking FC Dallas to win this game? Uh, I Maybe some people in Dallas are. So, not really? Listen, I think Portland's a team, Sam. Add it to the list. Of teams that get right. no respect. Whoa. No, no respect. respect for the Timbers? I mean, look look at all the teams that don't get any respect. Nashville, you, you no don't respect. You respect Wood? Do you not respect Wood? Timbers, no respect. Minnesota, we can't forget them. Adrian Minnesota, Heath, the, no respect. Minnesota, the OGs of getting no respect. By the way, everyone bags on Adrian Heath for the no respect thing. And next thing you know, playoffs roll around and it's the no respect train. Yeah. I don't know, man. Everyone needs motivation, I guess. It's been a long year. Um, I think the Timbers get a decent amount of respect. I think the fact that they aren't being picked as like a popular team to get out of the Western Conference is sort of a reflection of the fact that Sebastian Blanco and Jaroslav Niazgoda are out for the year with ACL injuries. Um, the fact that Portland is still a legitimate threat despite those two things is a real testament to the, the roster and the depth that they have there. Um, Diego Valeri has been good this year. Uh, Yimmy Chara is finding it. Diego Chara is excellent, as always. Uh, Jeremy Abobasi has, has been really, really productive in not so many minutes. Felipe Mora, Chilean international. He and Andy Pola, who was with Peru, that they're going to be back. They're going to be available, it sounds like. Um, so the Timbers have a lot of options. Um, and I think they. I think this one is... I do think this one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, I don't think Dallas is, is all that. Um and and I think I think the Timbers are able to uh, to get through them without too much difficulty. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just also say, you know, to be on brand with our our podcast here, 
that um, if you're going to look about look at rosters that have been built well, I think it, you do well to start with the Timbers. Um, there aren't a lot of teams that that I think, like to your point, that would survive so so well without um, two of their DPS. You know, two of their DPS going down in the middle of the season. They've got. I, good I don't depth. think any. I don't think any would. To be clear, I don't know if there's a single team in MLS that could survive those hits. I mean, Atlanta lost one DP, and it didn't go well for them, as an example. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, credit credit to Gavin Wilkinson and the roster he built there. Um, Ned Grabavoy, another another person in that sporting department. Uh, but you, you you have to give credit to them. You know, they they finished same points, thirty. You know, right at the top of the West. It was it's a crowded field there. Um, so they play more games. They have more points per game or fewer points per game. Yeah, yeah it came down to points per game. Sporting Seattle and Portland all on thirty nine points to end the season. Portland in twenty three games. Seattle twenty two. Kansas City twenty one, which is what decided the West. But you know, I think I, I think they are a um, a very good team. A solid team, and I definitely expect them to roll in the first round. I don't think anyone would be surprised if Portland ended up in MLS Cup. I, I wouldn't be. No. I didn't pick them to make it there. Spoiler alert. But I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up there. Um, anyway, continuing on the no respect train, um, moving to the Midwest and to the North, uh, to Minnesota United. I mean, again, a team that is absolutely decimated just decimated um by injury now it looks like they're gonna have their internationals back and and that's key because it's jan gregus robin robin lude uh roman matinair and kai kamara there we go sorry almost forgot it's blanking um which is huge because they have a bunch of guys ozzy alonzo michael para tyler miller Uh, i'm forgetting some others that are injured and that are probably not going to be able to play Uh, maybe alonzo can um, but that's probably going to be touch and go. Luis Samaria, another one that'll be out. Um, Hassani Dotson so was just coming back from injury, right? At the end of the he regular season. He played 15 season. minutes in the finale. So, you know, he'll be available, you would think. Um, can he start? Maybe, maybe not. Um, and going against a Rapids team <laughs> that has played five fewer games than everybody else and missed a month of the regular season because they had a COVID outbreak. Uh, now, the Rapids have been decent since they got back onto the field. Uh, they got smoked in their first game, um, which wasn't a real surprise. They lost 4 nothing in Kansas City, but they hadn't played in a long time and had basically hadn't even trained. Um, but they won three in a row uh, heading in heading into the postseason, and two of those were against Portland and Seattle. So it's not like they were playing, playing chumps. Um, so they're in a pretty good way. Um, Minnesota, though, also in a pretty good way. They have not lost. Paul, I didn't know this until... I did a little research here. Um, they haven't lost in, and I'm, I'm counting just to verify eight games since the loons lost. It's been, it's been a long time. September 23rd was their last loss. Uh, so pretty much two months to the day. Um, and they've done it with a skeleton crew. Of play. I mean, this team is like, I think we talked about this last week. They're signing dudes off the street. Like, just like, come on, come on down and be on the roster, get in the game. So, I really, I mean, I don't know which way this one's going to go. I think, I mean, I don't know. You you tell me something and maybe I'll change my mind four times. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I, I feel like a lot of people kind of wonder if Colorado is good or not because it's kind of difficult to judge them 
it's you know they they were they didn't play nearly as many games they didn't play for a long time they they gotten like you said they had good form towards the end of the year i think everyone respects what robin frazier has done there um but it makes it such an intriguing game because you look at their more recent form and you're like yeah man they're they're you know they're good they're they're playing good soccer that being said minnesota united to me is like the OG no respect squad. Like we, do, no one pays attention to them. They just kind of truck along. They grind out some results. Kevin Molino plays out of his mind once every two or three games. Uh, Reynoso is a good player who is capable of moments of brilliance. I kind of like the idea here of Kai Kamara being the difference maker for Minnesota United. Um, talk about a guy who's been there before, you know, how many different teams has he played for? I think it's 37. Yeah. He loves these moments. He's playing against one of his former teams that just traded him. I mean, every team is a former team for Kai Kamara, but yes, they did just trade him. They just traded him. And Kai is, you know, he doesn't forget. He certainly doesn't forget from two months ago. No, no. Um, no, I, I like look, I like Minnesota's squad. I like Reynoso and Molino. I've always been a big Kevin Molino fan since I was back in my hometown of Orlando covering him with Orlando yeah. City. Um Orlando's not my hometown. His nickname down there was was Hot Boy. Hot what was Boy. your nickname? What was your nickname along those lines in Orlando? No comment. <laughs> All right. There you have it. <laughs> Sorry. Please go on. First of all, you know what? No, I'm not going down this road, Sam Stasco. Um, what? I'm, I'm Say taking, what you get it I'm off taking your chest. Minnesota United. I can't have a nickname like Kevin Lino. You know how he gets those nicknames? Have you seen his leather pants? That's how you earn a nickname like Hot Boy. His style, right. his fashion. Sorry, I thought I thought you also wore leather pants. Sorry if I'm mistaken. Only when I lived in Orlando. <laughs> that sounds awful. By I, the way. I'm taking I'm taking Minnesota leather pants in that humidity. No, thank you. Not, not, not ideal. Not ideal, let me tell you. Hey, everyone. This is Taylor interrupting one last time. I'm going to give Sam a moment to pause and collect his thoughts while I tell you about Away. Away Travel creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now, when even the familiar looks different, you can count on Away's range of essentials to solve real travel problems whenever you take that next trip. I have obviously not been traveling very much due to an impending baby, and that's the way to phrase that, uh, and also, you know, the global pandemic. When last we did travel, Daryl and I went to New York for an MLS event. We also went to Germany, I think last fall, about two years ago. Time has lost all meaning, but both times, Daryl used his away luggage, and it made it very, very easy. Uh, when we were in Germany, he used the travel charger to charge all of his devices and mine because I did not bring an adapter. So if you're traveling internationally, that's a way to make sure that you've got all your devices powered to the extent possible. All of Away suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. That's important. You've got four 360-degree spinner wheels guaranteed, the smoothest roll even through the most hectic of airports and stations, and a TSA-approved combination lock to keep all your belongings safe. If you aren't 
fully convinced. There's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes, so you can take your product on the road, see how it performs, and if it doesn't hold up to expectations, you can send it right back. And if it does, well, then you've got luggage for life. You're good to go. You can shop their selection of suitcases and bags at awaytravel.com slash TSS and give someone something to look forward to this holiday season. That's awaytravel.com slash TSS. Thank you very much to Away for sponsoring today's episode. Now back to Sam, who I am confident Confident is prepped, present, and ready to go. All right. Who are you picking? I picked Minnesota, Sam. Focus. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You can understand why I got distracted. Um, I can't even remember who I picked in like my official picks for this game that I made uh, on the internet a few weeks ago or a few days ago. Um, but I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. I think the guys coming back from international duty make all the difference. Jan Gregush, underrated guy, super, super important to that team. Um, and I, th- I think he in particular leads them to victory, which brings us to the final matchup of the first round. Sporting Kansas City, the number one seed in the West against the San Jose Earthquakes. Everyone's, every neutral's favorite, you know? How do you not root for these guys? Just a bunch of bunch of maniacs running around out there man-marking with, with Matias Almeida following the Bushido code. Got Wando. Lovable, but will they will they be lovable losers? I mean, look, I I want to start by saying that again, this is the playoff of no respect, and like honestly, Sam, is anyone talking about Kansas City as though they won the Western Conference? No, and I got into an argument with a sporting Kansas City PR person this week um, about this because I was like, well, you know, you guys didn't play Seattle, Portland, or LAFC. In the regular season. And he was like, yeah, but we had to play teams four through seven all the time. And I was like, yeah, but they're, you know, they're not as good. Also, LAFC is seven. So, you know, technically they weren't playing them. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, they've done a nice job. We talked about this last week. This is a team that historically has faded down the stretch. And if they've got injuries to their key guys, they were in major, major trouble. And... Neither of those things happened this year. I mean, they did get injuries to their key guys, um, but they didn't fade down the stretch, and they weren't in major, major trouble. They've been solid all year long. They play some good soccer. They have some talented players. I'm not writing them off. I just I don't think they're quite at that level as those as Seattle and Portland in particular, and on their day, LAFC. Yeah, I so. mean, I think also, like, they're a good, solid team, but there's not really, like, I think a lot of times when you're talking about really good teams, there's always kind of that guy, right? That that Yeah, they're not sexy like they're that. They're not sexy. They don't have like the star. I mean, they've got good players. We know the names of the players. We we know their backgrounds. I mean, Gotti Kinda, we didn't really know until this year, but like he definitely got hype at the beginning been, of the he's year. Been he's really played well, solid. right? He's been a good yeah. player. Um but you know, they they their scoring is evenly distributed. I think their three leading scores uh Pulido, Kinda, and and Johnny Russell all have six goals. Kyrie Shelton, five goals. Eric Hurtado, five goals. You know, the love was spread Eric around. Eric Hurtado had five goals. How about that? How about that? So, wow. right. you know, th- that's a good sign, right? That's a good sign that you're that you're spreading. Yeah, but, but it's when also it comes playoff sign, time, right? it's kind of a when bad it comes sign playoff too. time, yeah, you want that killer. Now, I think Pulido can be that for them. He had six goals, but I think he only played 12 games. So when he's out there, he's firing. 
Yeah, and he had five assists too. I mean, he's a good player, um, and he's the guy that they're going to need to to be the difference maker. I I am a big Johnny Russell fan. I, I like Johnny Russell. Yeah. Um, that being said, recency bias. I read your wonderful Wando oral history, and wonderful. I can't get it out of my head. All of the stories about Wando and being a maniac, and now he said he's coming back. I think your story. Well, actually. Actually, hold the phone Uh-oh. there. Apparently, that was a little bit old, oversold. Wando is not necessarily coming back next year. So, this could be the final match for Wando. Even still. more reason. Yeah. Right? I again, I don't know. There's something in the air. I don't know if it's Almeida. I don't know if it's the, the, the craziness that was the last knockout tournament that's, that the Earthquakes played in. I don't know what it is, but I'm like I'm like. Didn't they could, get? Didn't they lose in the first round of that knockout? Doesn't tournament? matter. They provided the entertainment, <laughs> right? The, the greatest game <laughs> they that did happened play, in they MLS did play in 2020. Maybe the greatest game in MLS history, potentially history. Certainly from 2020, the best game yeah. of the season, right? Vancouver San Jose, um, unbelievable, you all know that, unbelievable. So I don't know. I mean, I'm picking Sporting Kansas City, but this is a Does game it? to watch for a potential upset in first round. Okay. Uh, I don't really think it is. I think Kansas City. How stop it? Have an easy How time. dare you? This podcast is a fan of the San Jose Earthquakes. Listen, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a huge Wando guy. Maybe the biggest Wando guy. The 2012 Goonies, maybe my favorite team in MLS history. Just insane entertainment. Love that stuff. But I mean, no, they're not going to win this game. You're, and you're they're probably going to lose by like three. Can goals. we just quick aside? You're one story away from basically completing the Goonies feature. The the Holy Trinity of the Goonies. The Holy Trinity. I mean, I wrote a story that heavily featured Alan Gordon, which was really underrated. Story. Underrated, yeah. and people should go read Alan it. But it was you, about being a super sub. Come on, get out of here. My point being, there is a lot left to be written about Alan Gordon, and the yeah. only person that can you write it. You left a lot of meat on that bone. Is you. You are the only person. Because I don't know. At this point, I, I keep calling the same guys for these stories. I feel like I need to give them another year before I call them back. I don't care how long it takes. My point is, is that you can't stop with two thirds of like, I mean, the Holy Trinity of Goonie, right? Yeah. right. Wando, Lenhart, and Gordon. Yes. <laughs> um, you're probably right. I was thinking I was going to do a 2012 Goonies story. And but I was like, well, maybe I can wait for 2022 do the 10 year anniversary. But then I was like, I feel like it's better to do the 2012 Goonie story on like a weird number anniversary, like a nine year anniversary, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll do that next year. I don't know. We're getting way off topic. Um, yeah. I mean, Wando could go out there and bag some goals. It's Wando. Man. Don't don't put your money does. on San Jose. Don't put this was this was but, an Orlando no. City esque prediction that I'm making and MLS is back. I'm, I'm not <laughs> no, being I don't, serious. I don't think they Unless lost four happens. to one to Seattle the other day. I think those wingers, right? I think they're gonna have. I think Sporting Kansas City's wingers are gonna have a fun time racing in behind that back line when you when you beat them on the turn. Um, and then Pulido is going to be there for some crosses and some square balls in the box, and uh, I think that'll be pretty much that. Um, all right, so we both have Sporting Kansas City. We we both picked Minnesota too, right? Um, the, yep. what what do they call this? The Midwestern nice rivalry. Can I just say, as a Midwestern person, I despise that name. I hate it. I hate it. Maybe that's the passive aggressiveness in me coming out. It it's, seems a lot more just like regular aggressiveness. Yeah. I don't, are you passive aggressive? But, 
well, I don't know. I have different personas. One of them certainly is. Not this one, though. No. <laughs> There's not a lot of Minnesota nice in, in Sam State School. You're from Illinois. Yeah, I am. Part of the Midwest. Yeah, but you don't you don't have the same. It's not the same. You don't know me, bro. Get out of here. I live in Illinois right now, and I can tell you it's not the same as Minnesota. All right, that's fair. It's definitely not the same as Minnesota. Uh, the whole idea of this is the nicest rap. Get out of here. People from Minnesota aren't nice. Neither are people from Kansas City. You just pretend like you're nice when really you're whispering behind our backs. We know you are. You're doing it right now. Sporting Kansas City is going to win that game. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to get that off my chest. I, I think this, this, the, you know what this rivalry should be called? It should be called like the, 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 tamp, the Dom Dwyer tampering rivalry because it's Adrian Heath and Peter Vermees. Once USL <laughs> affiliates then turned enemy when Adrian Heath went on his radio show and said that he had talked to Dom Dwyer about returning to his spiritual home, which led to tampering charges against Adrian wow. Heath. You and Dom Dwyer share a, sp- a spiritual home. Yeah, it's true. We're basically <laughs> brothers. You are. Uh, I'm not going to take... You just became best friends. I'm not going to take Minnesota to win this game. I will take Sporting Kansas City to win this game. All right. We know where you stand on the tampering case now. Your deepest secret has been revealed. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say Adrian Heath's radio show never failed to deliver entertainment. Put Were that- you there? Were you a live in-person attendee at that show? I was a live in-person attendee at that show. I can imagine you just like, you know, like sipping from like, you know, uh, a, a cream soda, perhaps, um, like steno pad in hand, just like furiously scribbling. And, you, you know, he says something about Dom Dwyer in a spiritual home and your ears perk up. And, you know, like for some reason you're wearing a weird journalism hat. I was exactly press. right. That was going to say you forgot I was wearing the journalism yeah. hat with a, a yeah. piece of paper here that said press on it. Yeah. You know, I had a stogie. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, a stogie. Well, it's Florida. You can smoke in bars, you know? <laughs> and no rules in Florida. Um, okay, we're both picking Sporting Kansas City to, to advance. Uh, the other match, um, we have we have Cascadia. We have Northwest. We have Portland. We have Seattle. We have giant logs and chainsaws and people dressed in blue and green. Ken and Griffey Jr. Shades of blue and green. We have Ken Griffey Jr., and Russell Wilson, and Ciara, and Merritt Paulson. All of those four things are the same. And Macklemore. Don't forget Macklemore. How could I forget Macklemore? How dare I? <laughs> anyway, who are you liking that one? Uh, I'm going to take Seattle on that one. All right. Is that simple Portland. to me? I don't, I don't, you're taking Portland? I'm taking Portland. Wow. I'll let you start. Um... I don't really have, I don't know, I sort of did this because you picked Seattle, but I think it's a very even matchup. Um, I think Seattle's going to be a little bit worn down by that match against LAFC. I think there's going to be a little bit of attrition there. I think Portland will, will come in. They'll be mentally fresher. Both teams will be fine physically. They'll be mentally fresher. Um, and I think they'll be ready, man. I think this is where the no respect thing comes into play because everyone's going to be talking up how Seattle beat LAFC and they survived Carlos Vela and the Sounders are going to go back to cup again. And Portland's going to lean into that hard. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just like, I just have a gut. I've got a gut feeling here. 
I mean, you said they're both going to be fine health-wise. That's not really true. Portland's going to be missing two of its designated players. They're not magically well, going like, to come back fine, from ACL fine, injuries. Fine, fine. But that matters. You know what I mean. But it's it matters, not, right? It matters. And that's guess. the if the, if one of those two is healthy, I just think it's a lot to overcome. Again, I, I think Seattle is a really, really good, solid, well-put-together roster. We gave Gavin Wilkinson praise the other day, mm-hmm. or the other day, a, a few minutes ago on this podcast. <laughs> it's been a long show. It's been a long show. Um, and I, I think the credit is there as well, obviously, for Garth Lagerway, Chris Henderson, and the roster they put together in Seattle. So um, I'm taking Seattle. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see, I guess. Uh, those teams have played, I think, 600 times this year. Um, Portland, I think, lost the first one. 3 nothing way back in August, which feels like longer ago than it actually was. Um, but they won the next two, I want to say, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think they played one more time and I think it was a draw. Yeah, it was. Um, so they've, you know, they've been fine against the Sounders this year, uh, winning record against it, two, one and one. So I, I, I don't know. I like that matchup. I like the Timbers and I think they will play Sporting Kansas City in a rematch of the 2018 Western Conference final. Um, the game that, uh, Sebastian Blanco, the series that Sebastian Blanco stole. Great goal that he had back in that year to advance to MLS Cup. That being said, uh, I think Sporting Kansas City go to Cup. So there you go. What do, what about you? You have SKC Seattle. Yeah, I've got SKC Seattle. I've got Seattle winning winning the West. So you, you picked Seattle Toronto again. I did. Wow. Because creative. You know what? I I, I what? love it. I love it because to me, what it says is everyone else needs to go invest, not just money but time into figuring out what Toronto and Seattle do well. And you know what? Maybe invest a little bit of uh, in, in trying to get some of the equity and the, and, the, um, and the knowledge that are in those organizations. Go hire people that work there. You know, go, go spend some time studying the teams in your league that do well, how they're made up, what they do, instead of looking abroad to Europe all the time and saying, oh, you know, let's hire these consultants to go find us a, a GM who, you know, didn't really work out in the Bundesliga or the second Bundesliga, but it's going to unlock everything here in MLS. I don't know. Maybe the teams that have played for three of the last four MLS Cups have something, you know, worth studying and, and, and copying and mimicking and trying to uh, to capture in your own organization. But that's just me. By the way, um, I think this this should be said here. Uh, the other teams that we picked to go far, Kansas City, Peter Vermees, been in the league forever, American guy. Portland, right? Gavin Wilkinson from New Zealand, but he is an American soccer lifer, essentially. Um, Gio Savarese, same same sort of deal. Venezuelan, but an American soccer lifer. Philadelphia, Jim Curtin, Chris Albright, both Americans. Uh, Ernst Tanner, he's one of those guys from Europe. He's um, done a fantastic job. Credit where credit, fantastic credit job. is due, right? Uh, Toronto FC, Ali Curtis, you know, Tim Bezpachenko before him. Um, so yeah, this league for the most part, um, American coaches and American GMs have the most success, uh, time and time again, people don't really learn from that. Keep going Um, down the list, Sam. Three seed in the East, Columbus, Caleb Porter, Tim Bezpachenko, four seed in the East, Orlando City, Oscar Pereja, a lifer, uh, American soccer, not lifer, but... His professional coaching career has been in the United States. I mean, like States. the last like twenty five years, like you know, Luis Muzi came up in FC it, Dallas with Oscar been Pereira. Been here more than a decade. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you you can you can go down and see that that that's where that success is happening. Philadelphia. Did we talk about Philly? 
Uh, you did. You we said did. you said Curtin and Albright. So your short term memory is it's, gone. You know, You're it's right. been a day. It's been a day. So yeah. it's been a whole year, hasn't it? And I think on that note, you know, it's the 2020 MLS Cup playoff preview allocation disorder edition. I'm starting to call the the 2020 MLS season the Mike Jacobs revenge tour. Um, he's going to get another shot tomorrow, aka today, when this comes out. Um, with Nashville and Miami in the playoff playing round, New England, Montreal kicking things off just before then. And then a full slate of games on Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday um, to close out the first round. Enjoy all of them. We'll be back uh, to talk about them next week, but but do enjoy them. This year has, has sucked in so many different ways, and the playoffs are fun. So hopefully we can all go out and, and enjoy watching some solid MLS action. Until then, I am Sam, he is Paul, this is Allocation Disorder, thank you for listening. I didn't belch into the microphone, I just mentioned that I I burped outside of the microphone, it wasn't even audible, and then I was like, sorry, I just had some chili, so I had to burp. And it was going to be a nice little like comedic audio gift for you. And then Paul was like, let me restart the recording because I don't like having fun. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway.